All right, Sam, can you tell me that music you're playing? You Listen familiar? to the music. Yeah, well, you know the title, but do you know the band? Doobie Brothers. Have you listened to any Doobie Brothers? I have. I have. Good I kind of like some older music. All right. You're, I, you're I'm better not like challenging me to this than, than Sam probably. Yeah. Well, he's the youngest. That's why I'm Yeah, but look at him. He looks like he listens to some Doobie Brothers. You think? <laughs> I don't know. What I like some. I do I like know. some older tunes for sure. I'm not like, well, I I'm, wouldn't say I'm an expert in, you know, in, in some of those older stuff, but I like to dabble a little bit. Not me. I am modern. I am new age. I didn't even watch. Kirk Herbstreet do the national championship last night. I I found myself watching the the new you know the the sideline. Are you tired of his dog? Some people are on. on yeah, the, a lot the, of people are tired of his dog. Well, last night tired of whose dog? Kirk's dog. What Kirk Herbstreet's dog? What did he do? What, what what's he the brought it like that? on to TV? Like him and oh. Chris Fowler were at midfield and they were doing a pregame and like he had his dog with him there. Yeah. They're like, Drop it, dude. He's got, like, he's got a, his, his dog had a, had his dog's a, a character. His dog had a credential at the Rose Bowl. What? So is the Rose Bowl, and then again last night is that, Oh, yeah. it's been going on for uh, weeks. It's been going on for oh. weeks. Have you not been in on the dog? I don't. Con- not controversy, but it sounds like a controversy. No, I don't pay attention to things like this. I um, I, I don't know if I've curated my ex timeline. It's actually, probably nice that you haven't. I, this actually, has been all over my timeline. Actually, since they kind of changed the format and everything, like I'll be honest, I used to scroll and pretty much read every tweet of people I followed. I very rarely do that anymore. I'm I'll, on the for you page now. I don't even do that. I'll just kind of scroll for like three minutes, and if something new hasn't popped up, then I just kind of get huh. off. Like people tag me and stuff. Plenty. Shout out to everybody out there that tags me in sports stories to make sure I have them. That are fans, I appreciate that. You save me time. But other than that, I don't scroll Twitter, so I miss so much of this stuff. Like, Cody used to come on Talk Sports and talk about all these political weirdos. And be like, did you see this video? I was like, no. <laughs> Do you know this person? No. And now here you two are asking me if I've seen Kirk Kerbstreet's dog. <laughs> no, I haven't seen it on Twitter, and I don't watch any of the pregame or postgame stuff with football. I typically turn the football game on when it starts, and I turn it off. Depending on what happens, but within like three minutes after it's over, I don't hang around. I'm in and out. Well, let me break it down for you. The please, I am dying to know about Kirk Herbstreit's <laughs> dog. dog. It's a cute dog. It's a cute dog. It's a it's an old uh, golden retriever, I believe. I do love it's, golden retrievers. Yeah, and, and he's nicely groomed. He's a good boy. He started. You don't, you don't know if he's a good boy or not. You don't no, know he does. he's he's. You don't know of, what he does inside the house. A lot of chilling. He, he might chew some cords, but. Uh, yeah, Herb Street started, you know, because he's obviously America's guest. He travels everywhere for these games, and he apparently part of his deals. He starts bringing his dog along on the private jets and everything else, and they've been shooting all that. And there was something that was very cute. He was at the Rose Bowl for some other game. I, I, it wasn't the Rose Bowl, but uh, he was that dog was like rolling around in midfield, you know, doing what dogs do when they, you know, get sure. get their back scratch on and. Um, that was all cute, but to to Sam's point, this has been going on for weeks now, and it's kind of like I'm 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 kind of glad that Kirk's kind of out of the picture at this point because college football's over, Thursday night football's over, because that dog's been they had a you know his son was running kind of a Twitter or X account for the dog. No, no, see, I don't yeah. pay attention to this stuff like that. Yeah, I, I'm shocked that both of you. This has hit both of you. I'm shocked this hasn't hit you, to yeah, be honest with you. It, I gotta it tell feels you, national it, it to me. It is so much in the water, I'm stunned that you haven't, weren't even familiar with it. Zero clue. Yeah. And I didn't watch the Herb Street broadcast. I was watching the Pat McAfee broadcast. I was enjoying that and listening. You know, I, I kind of like just the, the, the podcast chill and feel of, of calling a game. I think this is something that 
people begged for for a decade, and I do like that these, you know, you you have these options of just listening to games that feel like they're with your friends. And McAfee's a star, and his cronies were there. They're all wearing cowboy hats and doing the, some Three Amigos stuff. And I guess they have some inside bits that I wasn't really aware of, but I laughed. I thought it was funny. And, you know, I don't really need to hear Herb Street tell me the same stuff anymore or talk about his damn dog. So I'm new school. I don't listen to the Doobie Brothers. I don't watch your traditional telecast. I'm new age, and I listen to Pat McAfee talk about football. That's what I do, Bob. Well, have you been up to date on what Pat's been saying about uh, his bosses? Well, I did see that he doubled down. So I, we, we talked to, uh, you know, last week he – Basically went after what was it, his executive producer or who, he's he's actually a president much, or something. He's or? much higher up the, the pecking order. He was a former executive producer who's now like kind of president of content okay, for ESPN. That's right. Norby Williamson, who by um, name he called him out, Norby. Yeah, and that's a name you can't really mistake. So like, there's not many Norbies running around. So this guy probably all of his friends are like, hey, he's talking about him. Well, and a little bit of background. My wife. Um, used to work at ESPN and she knows Norby. So when I told her this story, she, you know, her first response was Norby. That's unbelievable. It's like, first of all, why is somebody, why would you have that as your name? I mean, it, it's gotta be a nickname. It has to be, has to be, or maybe it's a family name. I don't know, but I, you're going to, you're going to step on somebody's toes here when you're, when you, try, you find out Normie Williamson is like honoring his great grandfather wow, who fought like in the, he, Civil War and he, he's free the slaves. He's got far bigger things to worry about, I, I believe, because this whole thing with McAfee is uh, doesn't seem like it's going away. And yeah, he did double down. He at least didn't mention. Well, it depends on what you call doubling down. He did call him out by name, but then yesterday he talked about it again. This whole situation uh, and didn't call it out by name, but said, "We know who we're talking about." And he goes, "I love Bob Iger. I love Jimmy Pataro. So Iger's, you know, chairman of Disney." Pataro's the head of ESPN, but he goes, there's other folks that I've got a problem with. And he goes, and we're good. We are, he looked at his guys and said, we are good. And that it's basically, you know, sounding a shot, like it's going to, it's going to go down. Well, ESPN, you know, came out last weekend and was like, Hey, yeah, we're disappointed that this is happening, but we stand by both these guys. So that was a win because almost anybody else at the, company that takes a shot at the you know the president of contents probably not going to have his platform or her platform the next week or at least have some type of suspension hell they they got rid of bill simmons for like a month after just taking a shot at roger goodell and right. calling him a liar so like if you're pat mcafee who i called the biggest star in sports media and i don't really know who would be number two if not him i guess stephen a smith but like if you're mcafee you probably feel like you have enough power to survive and do whatever you want but the espn stuff hasn't gone as well maybe as people thought it would just because like hey they they probably thought him being on game day was going to be a slam dunk content driver a ratings driver i don't know what it did for viewers i don't know if it brought more viewers like it did bring a different energy to the show but sam you were even talking about it that energy wasn't really welcomed you know from your perspective and you're a younger guy and you were still like hey I kind of like my I kind of like my analysis. I kind of like my David Pollock's my more, my more my more buttoned up guys. Not, you know, Pat McAfee's whole shtick and jumping in the water and going crazy. So like that was kind of a flop, and it's unsure whether or not he will continue with that program in the future. Right? 
Well, yes, and then Sam, I want to do. I do want to get your thoughts since you've you've got me curious since you're familiar with the Doobie Brothers. And, you know, you're, you've got you're, maybe he's an old soul. You're fascinating. He um, likes David Pollock and the Doobie Brothers. Yeah, <laughs> um, We're staying young here on the morning show. Yeah, McAfee. The, there's there's a couple things about McAfee. First of all, he has never finished a contract wherever he's worked, and he's worked at a lot of places here in the last six to seven years. Um, he was saying just weeks ago that he was probably not going to come back and do college game day. And now he's changed his tune, said, I'm coming back. He all of a sudden cares a lot about, he's gotten a much thinner skin. He's, he's really firing shots at all sorts of people on social media and, you know, and he's doing it. He's using his show as the platform. He doesn't do it on social media. Um, and so it's really interesting to watch because uh, he's got, He's got it, and he can take that ball wherever he wants to. I mean, he's done it before. He'll do it again. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how ESPN responds to it. Ratings have not been great. They started out, like last year when he joined um, College Game Day, their ratings went through the roof last year. This season, it hasn't been the same. As a matter of fact, Big Noon on Fox has come close to catching them in terms of ratings and frankly for me from a watching experience i like big noon better than college game day it doesn't feel like it jumped the shark i've watched maybe an hour total of big noon game day like since it's been on like in its entirety like i i am loyal to my brands and i still think of game day when i do want to watch and even game day unless they're in knoxville which if they're in knoxville i'll be on campus i guess not even then but like i watch the pick segment yeah. Sometimes. And that's even like, even sometimes it's me turning it on at 11.58, like right before the game start. Game day is not meant for me. But with McAfee and the thin skin and him staying, this might be the first time he's had some actual vocal haters because for the most part, he's been pretty beloved since starting. It was True. like, wow, look at this NFL punter who is actually really good at this and he's entertaining and he's just a good guy. And like he, he just has good vibes. And, and then he gets to ESPN to a new audience and let's face it a new audience that is used to how certain things are right like they're not they're going to be completely culture shocked but now ESPN is going to have cussing on air and like going to have just him doing whatever he wants and young people are going to like it but you know older people are not even aged necessarily but like people who like more professionalism are going to push back on that and that includes the audience and the executives who like might not get it Norby Williamson probably doesn't see the appeal and then, then you add in the controversy that he brings with his friendship with Aaron Rodgers. And it is kind of crazy to me that they've allowed Aaron Rodgers just to kind of r- do whatever he wants. But also that's Pat McAfee having creative control and being able to do whatever he wants with the show. Yeah, and, and I mean, and they're paying Aaron Rodgers a million bucks a year right. to, to, to have that platform. Back to what you said. And for McAfee, that's probably a value because he's always in the news. Because from last year oh, with yeah. Rodgers like in his trade requests and like announcing the Jets and his future and retirement and all that. And now this year with just every time Rodgers comes on, he's talking COVID like or t- taking shots at, at Taylor Swift, at Travis Kelsey or, yeah. or, you know, whomever, like it seems like it drives ratings for him, but go ahead. It's an absolutely new ESPN from the perspective that Jimmy Patero, who I mentioned earlier, the president of the network, he, he was really, um, he put it out there that his, he, he used the focus group of his kids who were in high school on what, what do you think of Pat McAfee? And they were like, you have to have him. Yeah. I mean, and and so. Checks out. Yeah, it does. And so that. Next that, thing you know, they're going to hire Aaron Paul and Jake Paul to come work too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Got to have these two as well. Yeah. No, so, Sam, let's get back to you for a second because, again, you uh, 
you're you, you it feels like maybe you got a little get off my lawn on, on this <laughs> he's a boomer yeah what's uh what are your thoughts on all this I, I might be a little bit of the get off my lawn i don't i did like mcafee in year one i thought that he brought a a new twist and a new energy yeah. that i thought the show was lacking but then i think in year two it just kind of felt like he was just screaming at me through the tv like i i would wake up on a sun on a saturday morning and i just want to I don't know, I kind of want to enjoy my football Saturday and, and set the stage for what I'm about to watch. And to me, it just felt like McAfee was just in my ear and was just screaming at me and, you know, and, and kind of, I mean, he was hyping up the crowd, I guess. But to me, it felt like you lost a little bit of kind of the storyline of what the feature game in college game day kind of was. Like, to me, I loved like Gene Wojcikowski when he would have like a big story on, you know, a good a, a particular story on some team or something like that. Like you miss Tom Rinaldi making you cry. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of like seeing some of those elements of like finding out a little bit of the behind the scenes about certain players on on the team that you're about to watch kind of that afternoon. To me it just felt like McAfee was just kind of there to to get the crowd loud and and kind of just hype everyone up and it's great to me, but sometimes I do like seeing some of that kind of deeper cut a little more analytical stuff too. whatever you say boomer yeah i mean i i sounded like a 85 year old man right there All but right. yeah okay i do listen to pat what? mcafee's show too like i think it's well see I, I don't listen like, to it i just uh, I, I like him and like he he's in the wwe as well which i'm a big wwe fan so like i like his stuff there and like he's entertaining there like he was successful there like he gets in the ring and is really good there and he's on the mic and he's really good so, like, I think the thin skin probably comes from this is the first time that he's actually faced some kind of, like, adversity. And, like, having, like, actual yeah. naysayers, yeah. ironically enough, because, you know, he had the viral <laughs> moment about that, which I do think he created that gold. Like, 100%. he does create some gold, and I usually only see the viral moment. So, I'm like, oh, yeah, it seems like he does pretty well on that show. So, like, I don't watch enough to hear him just yell at me all the time at 9 a.m., let's get on the goal. Like, yeah. Here's my sleeves. Here's the kick. I, you know, like, I, I can see that being a little grating at some points, but. I think now he's probably just locked in and going to be stubborn and try to fight ESPN to the death to see who see if he can actually beat them. And maybe that's because it's his only shtick. Maybe that's what I don't really like. It's that, like he just doesn't he really no do gear. anything. There's no nuance. There's no real thoughtfulness from yeah, him. Yeah, it's, it's just, just him that. screaming. <laughs> now, Bob, you said you saw last night Jimmy Kimmel responded to the Aaron Rodgers Epstein Island flight logs accusation. So uh Aaron Rodgers of course went on TV and caught out Jimmy Kimmel Jimmy Kimmel went on Twitter and was mad and McAfee's just kind of like whoa he's doing the whole thing like, whoa don't do this but also like this is gold whoa yeah. hold on yeah Ma you Ma can't say that McAfee's apologies last week were pretty thinly veiled I thought I was like god oh, that's so weak it's almost almost as bad as not apologizing it yeah. was rough but um yeah so Rodgers I think it was at the end of the Jets game in the press conference he got a he got hit with a reporter about the Jimmy Kimmel stuff, and he said, oh, I'll, I'll address that on Tuesday, okay, on which is today. On my million-dollar yeah, radio Yeah, McAfee's show. Um, so I think Jimmy Kimmel decided last night he's going to, you know, he's going to jump the gun and get out there in front of him. And so on his show last night, he went on an eight-minute diatribe, which was frankly too long. Um, but one of the, the gems I will say was this, and I quote Jimmy saying, uh, talking about Aaron Rodgers, this is a guy who went to community college, then got into Cal on a football scholarship, but didn't graduate. Aaron Rodgers got two A's on his report card, and they were both in the word Aaron. So he's basically, you know, he, his point is, you know, we're letting this guy weigh in on things, whether it's, you know, this whole thing started with Kimmel kind of making fun of him 
earlier in the year about uh, earlier in 2023 about Rogers maybe talking about alien beings being out there. You know, Rogers is a weird guy. Yeah, he I, is. I am sick. Of, I am he, sick he, of his. He, too. he is a um, he. He truly tries to come off as an intellectual that's you know kind of smug and smartest guy in the room, and I I don't believe that's the case, but that's who he thinks he is, and uh, and so Kimmel brought that up. That started kind of the back and forth that's gone on. But his point is again, you got Rogers weighing in on things like COVID and um, you know ayahuasca usage and all this other stuff and dolphins yeah, and, mating to yeah fix my right right and the epstein list uh, and all this other stuff and it's like who is this guy you know why are we listening to him that was kind of his whole point and uh but yeah he decided to throw down last night again it was a little long for my taste maybe two minutes on that would have been just as good um and he kind of spun it into some other stuff tied to trump etc as he typically will do so um it's gonna be interesting you know i can't i can't deny it i'll be try, probably watching mcafee today to see when aaron Rodgers comes, comes on and that's what mcafee wants you know that's perfect for him i am going to wait just like what happened with late night tv so i'll just wait to see the viral clip like that yeah. that it seems to me you know we talked about the sports writers not being a thing anymore it also seems like the late night tv shows i used to love watching them oh i only consume them now through like the viral clip that comes out the next day like i it seems like that's that's gone the way of the sports writer, and I assume they'll tweet out the best clips of Aaron Rodgers from McAfee's show where he is, you know, kind of breaking down or making his shot at Jimmy Kimmel. I'll see that, I'm sure, and then that's how I'll consume it. Me and you both, the, the late night talk shows. Ever since the writers' strike, for me, I mean, not that I watched them religiously, but I would watch them from time to time. I have no interest in them now. I think the writers' strike was the worst thing that could have happened to those shows. Um, Jack, good to go. Have we got a confirmation on that yet? Or? Um, no. Okay. But we'll, we'll work on that in the break. Sounds good. Stick with us. It is the morning show here on Fan Run Radio. We ran to our first issue here of uh, trying to get a guest after the national championship. After a, a rainy day, a late night, uh, so no, no, no worries, Jack. It happens, it happens. But we'll press forward. We were talking about the the future and kind of the current state of sports television, but I've been wanting to talk about the current state of just television, television, because the Golden Globes were on Sunday. I don't really care about the comic who was doing the hosting. I'd never heard of that guy before. Did, did you? Were you aware of who that was? No. I wasn't. Uh, I just know he wasn't good. I, w- I was unaware of who he was, so I was, that that to me was a bad start. That was a bad reflection on the the telecast. But I felt very smart. I felt very smart that that my shows were big winners. It made me feel like I'm good at watching TV. It made me feel like I was good at watching some movies because I was like, oh yeah, I agree with these. I-, I love keeping up with TV. I love keeping up with movies. So I love award season. Did you find yourself surprised at any winners or any big takeaways? Succession, a big winner, and uh, The Bear, a big winner. I love both of those shows. Yeah, Beef did well too. That was another one. I look. I the way I've always looked at the Golden Globes, it, it was it was always viewed in the industry as it was kind of the precursor to the Oscars, not just on the calendar, but as far as direction in terms of you know what's going to maybe win in the Oscars. But typically, um, the Golden Globes would go 
little bit more outside the lines and pick up some things that, you know, because they cover TV too, which is different than the Oscars. And they would, you know, select some winners that may not be what you would anticipate. And I felt like, um, I felt like they still do that. And, and I think that's a positive thing. I think they honor, you know, some of the, some of the projects or vehicles that aren't as high profile as some of the others and don't have the big marketing machines behind them. But uh, no, I felt good. These were all, like you said, these were all shows and movies. I was a big Oppenheimer fan, and that did really well. Um, I was a little surprised to see Murphy win the win the award, though, for Best Actor, because I thought that that had kind of shifted towards a lot of momentum for, like, Bradley Cooper yeah. and, and Maestro. So I was, I looked at that, and I was like, oh, okay, good for Murphy, which, I mean, he was great in Oppenheimer. I mean, of course, he carried the entire movie. Sam, have you seen Oppenheimer? I have seen Oppenheimer. Uh, you know, I feel like you can't rely on me a whole lot to be okay, a guy that off. Never watches mind. movies, but I am an Oppenheimer guy. Never Loved mind. It. Watched it twice. Oh, watched it twice? Yeah. I watched, watched it, it twice? I watched it once it's in theaters. It's three and a half and then, hours long. What the hell do you mean you watched it twice? <laughs> well, I watched it first Did in you theaters. miss the bomb going off the first time? My roommates hadn't seen it, so we rented it on, on uh, Amazon Prime and watched it. Were you drinking? Were you on <laughs> drugs? Because why else would I could not imagine sitting in a movie twice sober. I mean, I, even if it was at home, a three and a half hour movie, uh, No. Titanic's the only one that could get me. I thought that's like one movie to me that I didn't feel like was super long for it being a three-hour movie. Like, I thought that that was a really long movie, but I thought that it wasn't drawn out super far in in really too many spots. De Niro and DiCaprio and, you know, Scorsese. I went to watch Killers of the Flower Moon in the theaters. It was three and a half hours long. I was like, I never want to see this movie ever again as long (laughs) as I live. It's so, it was good, but like, it's so long and I can't do it or else I'm going to have to break it up into like, you know, hour pieces. You know what else was long as a movie was, uh, can't believe I'm saying this, Taylor Swift's uh, Eras Tour concert was two and a half hours. And like they cut some things out. I mean, imagine yeah. doing a show every night for three and a half hours, Bob. I mean, <sighs> yeah, but I, I'm just saying from a, it was it was cool from a viewing experience for a while. But and maybe, you know, it's more important to my wife and daughter. But it was like, I yeah, I got to go. This is uh, you couldn't sit there and appreciate it. I stayed the whole time, but I was it like, made a movie about her tour. This is uh, how out of the know. I'm yeah, and it stuff. made it made serious, serious bank. Okay. It, was a, it was an incredibly shrewd move by her because they bypassed. The you know they went directly to the movie theaters. They didn't uh, even work with a studio on it. So. Yeah, I think I think the last update I'd seen it had cleared like two hundred million dollars in terms of box office stuff. And I mean, that's selling like thirty like to buy a ticket's like twenty something dollars. It's not a regular movie ticket price. You have to pay like an extra fee. Like and it it was uh it was really like you said it was groundbreaking because I mean Beyonce came right behind her and did the same thing with her tour. I don't know if. They're doing the same numbers in terms of uh, getting people in there, but yeah, that's she's got some bad blood with production companies. Oh, oh. nice! Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, good one. Clever, great um, job. Yeah, I uh, yeah. Now, what was interesting to me it was Barbie. Really, you know, Barbie was such a darling for the film industry. Um, they didn't really. It didn't really. It was nominated for a lot of things, but really didn't win much in the Golden Globes. The only thing it won, I believe, was the we talked about yesterday. The the like. Achievement in film or whatever, yeah, and uh, Billie Eilish's song for best song, but yeah, it, there was not much. And uh, I was a little surprised Gosling. I thought he might have a chance as best uh, supporting actor, but yeah, he he didn't win that one. And you know, it didn't really have the legs to be best picture. And now Margot didn't have the 
the requirement that would win her, I guess, a Best Actress award. But I did think Gosling might have a chance to get something, but he didn't. On the TV side, I had this question last year. I got it again. Maybe you, TV executive, smarter than me, maybe you can explain it. A couple of shows on here that were nominated for Best Comedy, yeah, including the winner of Best Comedy. A, do you consider the bear a comedy? Because everyone I see that talks about the bear talks about how much anxiety it induces and like how stressful it is to watch. Like there are some funny parts, but like, I don't look at that and think, Hmm, this is a comedy. No, I think it falls into the comedy. The, the way they judge them now, it falls into that realm, much like Barry. Barry. Well, I was going to say one. the same thing about Barry because it won last year, an Emmy. Yeah. And I was like, or it was nominated or maybe hater one. I don't remember, but especially the last season of Barry was so dark and grim. I was like, what point were you laughing during that? Yeah, I, I agree. I think that, uh, now, I, I found the bear is, uh, I, I felt it was, you know, well, they use that hybrid term dramedy, you know, it's a, it was a little bit like that. It's it's definitely intense and stressful, but I, I always found myself laughing in a couple points in each episode. Yeah, but I feel the same way about Succession. Succession, and like even going back to the, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, maybe the GOAT TV show of all time, especially if you rewatch it, like The Sopranos is much more of a comedy to me than The Bear is. Like, I laugh way more listening to those guys talk and like some of the stuff they do like the bear i love the show it hasn't had a scene you know come close to being as funny as like chrissy's intervention where they're all sitting around he's telling they're trying to intervene on him and he's telling them all the problems he has with them like i just don't understand how they how they judge these because i almost feel like they should get rid of the the roles because every great show is going to have aspects of everything well, one, be drama and comedy. I, I think one of the common denominators is you don't see many comedies that go past a half-hour format, mm-hmm. and I, I, and whether that's right or wrong, that's how some of this is judged. If you look at what's in there for best drama, those are all hour-long shows. Okay. And now the world's changing a little bit, particularly with like Netflix and Amazon. You're seeing some shows that more and more are you know not fitting that that mold of an hour or thirty minutes. Um, and what they're, you know, what genre they're in doesn't necessarily matter. So that may change over time. But I do think that that's that's some of it. That's because you're right. There's parts of Succession that made me laugh a lot, you know. But, yeah. Uh, but it's yeah, it's considered a drama. I mean, anytime the dad was talking to the kids was almost yeah. It's either like you're gonna cry because it's gonna be so mean to him, but then the the meanness is gonna be funny. So like, I don't know. I guess the hour and thirty minute. Can they not just? Split them up and do it that way then? Like, best hour yeah, you could. TV series and best 30-minute TV series? I don't know. I, I just hate putting those shows in a box because, like I said, when I watched Barry, I, didn't, I don't think I laughed at all at the last season. I think that was kind of diminishing Bill Hader, like who was nominated for best comedic actor versus, you know, again, what he did this season was not comedic. It was every bit as good as what, you know, Kieran Culkin was doing on Succession. No, all those shows. I mean, Ted Lasso, too, is a comedy, but, man, there were some episodes that were pretty pretty serious, too, you know? Yeah, they tried to get to that, especially in the last season, which I, I thought the last season was pretty bad. Like, I, yeah. there's a couple of these shows that I've seen nominated. I'm like, that doesn't add up to me. Like, you know, the the inspiration to this show, the morning show on Apple TV, is like, that's not a an award-winning show. That's Ted Lasso's last season was an award-winning show, as far as I was concerned, but... No, I think, um, uh, yeah, the morning show is, that's one that's just drafting off of great cast. 
That's all it is. Beautifully shot. It's, you know, really money. Yeah. Throwing money to do things. It romanticizes like being in New York. Like you watch that and it's so glitzy. You feel like, God, I'd love to be in New York when in fact it's one of the hardest places in the world to live and work. So, um, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Did you watch, uh, uh, last of us and, um, diplomat? I've seen last of us. I have not seen diplomat. Yeah. What is the diplomat? The Diplomat is um, is on Netflix. Carrie Russell, um, she's playing a, a U.S. diplomat that's being groomed to be the vice president of the United States. Okay, it's, it's fantastic. Okay. It, it is very, very, very tense, and um, but it's really good stuff. Is it like Homeland mixed with the Americans, or like when you say it's very tense, like where does the tension come from? Well, the tension is is her husband is also a U.S. diplomat, and he's kind of kind of getting out of the game, but he's following her around, and he's actually he gets in the way because he's also a player, and yeah, so it's uh, it's kind of interesting. So um, I have not watched that one yet. The Last of Us, I, I hear you know people talk about it a lot. It's one of those that like I was gonna let have. A couple seasons to breathe just because I'm kind of zombied out. I know it might not be zombies, but just the apocalypse. Uh, I don't know. It's just kind of end of the world stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I think Last of Us is, is great, but it's, you know, some people are not into that genre at all. So, <sighs> all right. Jack's now available. We'll take a break. We'll get him on the line. We got through talking some TV. Jeremy Allen White, good job by him winning Best Actor. Absolutely. The girl from The Bear winning as well was a little bit of a surprise to me. You know, you know she, her first avocation is she's a stand-up comic. Ayo, how do you say her last name? Idabrini? Yeah. Ayo Yeah, you did good. Yeah. She's great. Got to be honest, I love The Bear. She is the uh, one character on The Bear I do not like. I don't know if that's intense. I don't know if that's like how the show so is supposed to be digested, but I do not like her character and I do not like her scenes typically. Do you have do you share that sentiment or do you enjoy She's it? not my favorite. I mean, I okay. liked all the cast members, but yeah. uh but yeah, she's not, you know, obviously Carmi's top of the list and then uh, Richie is next for me, but uh yeah. All um, right, let's catch a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show with uh Jack. We'll talk some college football. It is the morning show here on Fan Run Radio. Are you ready to elevate your driving? Welcome back to the morning show. Got our last segment in the third hour. We're going to kind of come full circle. We've been talking a lot about college football today, and it's really the end of college football this season as we know it. Got a new national champion. Guys from Michigan. Um, Boo. Boo asterisk. (laughs) Um, Vacate it. Yeah. Um, but we have somebody to talk about it with because um, we have a guy who was, is still down in Houston. Um, oh, you, you caught him in Houston? Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh. He's a good guy, man. Yeah, he's probably up all night working. I mean, this is a long night. Apologies, Jack. I hate that this is the first introduction me and you are ever going to have is him waking you up to get you on the line here. Yeah, he's a team player. Um, so, yeah, so we have Jack Foster on the line with us. Jack uh, locally works on uh, Rocky Top Insider, but little known fact about Jack is he is a uh, key player over at Omaha Productions as well. Works on um, Greg McElroy's uh, 
Always Football podcast. And um, there's a good tie-in here. I wanted, We wanted to get Jack's kind of take being down there in Houston about the overall vibe in the game, everything else. Um, from the standpoint of uh, Jack, welcome on, by the way. <laughs> Um, hey, nice to be here. Yeah, thank you. Top uh, of the morning to you. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it. What I found really hey, interesting tie-in here is uh, last night, uh, Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy compiled the fewest yards passing by a winning signal caller since Greg McElroy's 58 yards for the t- Crimson Tide in the 2010 BCS title game. So You know, that that's a terrific stat, and I, I was wondering that last night while watching the game. I, it, I didn't look it up, and I should have. So kudos to you. But I was like, man, JJ's barely throwing the ball. When when the last time a quarterback won a national championship throwing for around 100 yards? And I was like, well, you know, Greg did so in about 09. So that makes sense. Yeah, I I can't even remember that McElroy performance. I'm trying to remember who they played in the 2010. Was that that was that was Notre Texas. Dame? No, it was Maybe Texas. Tech. Colt yeah. McCoy got hurt. Alabama cruised after that. But yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so you had the, you know, you had the unique opportunity to be down there. Um, obviously, you were working; you weren't just there as a fan. But um, just, I'd love to just get your take a little bit on just how it felt. What was the composition as far as uh, Michigan fans versus Washington fans? It felt like it was a heavy partisan Michigan crowd, but that was just my perception. Yeah, I'd go sixty to sixty-five Michigan crowd, and. Maybe it's so, you know, maybe it's easy for me to say that since I was actually, my viewpoint, I was actually in a Michigan section where I was sitting uh, or where I was viewing the game, but I'm pretty confident in saying 60 to 65 Michigan crowd, and that's to be expected, right? I mean, we know Michigan fans, they're rowdy, they, they travel. So, um, but I thought Washington fans showed up pretty nicely. Uh, but yeah, Michigan fans were there in bunches and they were louder, so. I'm more interested in the rain because I saw reports that the roof was leaking. How much was it raining in Houston yesterday? It was it was storming pretty good. It, put a put it in perspective. So the CFP was sending us lightning alerts. I guess uh, members who are credentialed to the game, right? They were sending us lightning alerts. They sent us, I think, eleven lightning alerts on and off throughout the day. They would send us an alert of, "Hey, don't go outside," and then when it would cease. Lightning outside, they send us an alert saying it's all good. And I bet it was around 22 total of, hey, it's lightning, hey, it's good. So there were thunderstorms on and off yesterday. But the roof leaking, I didn't see it personally. I saw it on Twitter, and maybe it happened a little bit pregame. But once we got going into the game, I don't think that was really a factor or something that happened. So uh, storms are definitely a factor outside, but inside it was all good. Now, so far last year, that was a different story because you have – you know, it's not really enclosed dome, and it was raining in L.A. last year, so there was rain kind of coming into the stadium. But last night, not a thing. As you're there working in the inner circle of college football with, you know, former players and other media members, has the vibe or the, I guess, conversation around Michigan shifted? Because, you know, a couple months ago it was, wow, they – desecrated the sport they should be kicked out of the big 10 for the rest of the year they should be suspended and it feels now the conversation is kind of like hey you know what they did wasn't good but everyone is cheating it's okay like what's the conversation there among the college football people yeah i think it depends on who you talk to uh such as you know i worked for McElroy and he hasn't 
really had that viewpoint all season. He's looked at it as whatever they do on the field this year, let's applaud that. Let's let's look at that. He hasn't, you know, been beating the drum of this is going to be vacated or this has an asterisk next to it. I think it really just depends on who you talk to. But really, I think the conversation has shifted to now since Michigan is national champions is, you know, Jim Harbaugh has a legacy at Michigan. And if that was his final game coached at Michigan, what a career he had at Michigan, just continuously getting over those humps, right? Getting over the Ohio State hump. It took him forever, but he did it. Getting over the Big Ten championship hump. Getting over the college football playoff semifinal hump. He had to do that this year. And then, of course, the national championship is the period to the sentence this year for Jim Harbaugh. And I think collectively from all this college football talent, all these college football analysts here this weekend in Houston, it was, hey, Jim Harbaugh got it done. And round of applause to him for that. Not asking you to go on official record with a prediction or anything, but do you think that was the last we see of Jim Harbaugh in college, at least in this go-round with Michigan? Is that the moment he can just kind of ride off into the sunset and go try the NFL one more time? I do, and and I'm not going to pretend I have sources or anything. I don't at all. But I do think that was his last game coached at Michigan. Why would it not be? If you're going to make the move, which it sounds like, this is the perfect time to do it. Why not now? You, you've kind of accomplished everything you can accomplish. You did what you said you were going to do. Michigan man bringing it home to Michigan, right? So I think if there's a time to leave, it's now, and I think he will. Jack, when we uh, we talk about – well, let me ask you this. So today, are you – when are you coming back home? Are you you guys doing something with Greg today, or no, not nothing today. I have a flight back into Nashville a little afternoon. So. Okay, yeah, and I was just wondering when he'll do when he'll drop his next podcast. We did drop one this morning. We taped it late last night in the stadium, <laughs> but yeah, it's on ESPN College Football YouTube and always College Football podcast platforms right now, but. Where do you place the blame for Washington's performance last night? Was it Michael Penix? Maybe, I don't want to say the moment being too big for him, but I, I think he clearly didn't play well. Like I don't, I don't think that's a hot take to say that he struggled. Was that because of Michigan's defense, or was it just Washington didn't execute? Obviously, it can be a little bit of both, but it seemed like one team had one of the best coaches in you know the last 30 years of football, you know NFL and college. Seems like Harbaugh had a game plan. It seemed like Michigan executed it and knew what to do to kind of bother Washington. But it also seemed like Washington looked like a bunch of guys at a program that maybe the moment was too big for them. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Michigan had a great game plan, and they executed it wonderfully on defense. They dominated the line of scrimmage defensively. I mean, Washington's offensive line was having trouble all night. But I think it's also important to note that even so, Michael Penix, I think, played his worst game of the season last night, and you just cannot afford to do that. He played amazing against Texas, near perfect, and they only won by six. I thought to myself entering the game last night that Michael Penix was going to have to be near perfect for Washington to win, and why would he not be? He's been that all season. I mean, he has been truly amazing, but he was far from that last night. I, from the get, he wasn't making throws. I I don't know why, and later in the game he got banged up, so yeah, there's there's an excuse there, there's a reason to point to, but I really thought for the whole 60 minutes, Michael Penix was not Michael Penix. He was missing throws that he should have made, and 
maybe he was rattled. Maybe the moment got too big for him. I don't like to buy into that narrative a lot, but that's an easy narrative to buy into based off what we saw from him last night. He was not the number nine we've seen all season, and it was a shame because Washington needed that to happen. Yeah, that early fourth down throw that he missed to a yeah, lot so of the brutal. receiver. Oh, yeah, so like, brutal. Yeah. Once you saw that, you're kind of like, ah, this just isn't going to happen for Washington. Yeah. Yet they kind of kept hanging around, and it felt like, okay, it's close. They can maybe score, but they could just never, never break through. Did you see a lot of jubilation from Michigan fans? Did they spill out into the streets? Were, there, were they partying like they hadn't won a national championship in a long, long time? Because it seemed like they were really, really excited, and I was a little bit jealous. Yeah, definitely. First half, I'll say, was when they were the rowdiest. Obviously, Michigan punches them in the mouth early, um, but the Michigan fans in the crowd, I noticed, were just on a different level in the first half. And then as the game waned and – Certainly in the last seven minutes when you kind of knew Michigan was going to win, it was it, it was less it was less craziness, uh, for lack of a better word, and more just disbelief and, you know, enjoying it with their families in the stands. Uh, I didn't really go out last night, so I can't speak to how much jubilation there was. You hear that, boss? He didn't. He didn't go out. He was working. That's why. That's why he didn't hop on right hey, at eight twenty. He was working late. It wasn't going out. He was working. Of course. You know what I had to do? I had to go down and get Greg out from the field and back up to the five hundred level where we were taping, and then I was editing last night in the hotel. So yes, I was. I was working well into the night last night. But yeah, Michigan fans loved it last night. Of course, um, but they were super rowdy in the first half, and then. Like I said, that mix of disbelief and joy in the second half when, when Michigan finally got the thing done. Here's the important question, Jack, and we've been talking about this a little earlier, and this was something unbeknownst to John, but did you happen to see Herb Street's dog? <laughs> I did pregame. Um, when he was on the field, I saw it from a distance. Yeah. That, that was it. Did you feel starstruck seeing this dog that apparently is a huge college football star that I was unaware of? First of all, what's this dog's name? Do we know the dog's name? Ben. Benny? Ben. Ben. Yeah. ben. Okay. Ben. Did you feel starstruck, Jack, when you saw Ben? Maybe a little bit. He's a college football star. I mean, he's he's uh, taking the world by storm this year on Thursday nights and then traveling all weekend. Ben Herbstreit's been... Yeah. Been the guy all season long traveling with Kirk. So uh, I've been living under a rock apparently because I had never seen yeah. or heard of this dog. I truly can't believe you haven't known about Ben. Yeah, John, that, had, that is shocking. To me. He had no Ben awareness, and I uh, I don't get it because he's uh, he's a treasure at this point. College so. football casual John Reed, I guess. <laughs> but we talked about Michigan fans celebrating. They had a similar journey to Tennessee fans. You know, once really, really proud, respected program. I don't want to say went through the same dark ages, but they got their ass kicked by their rival for a long, long time, and you had to start wondering, were they ever going to get back to the mountaintop? They, The new AP poll comes out. Tennessee has risen to number 17. People are looking at their way-too-early top 25. Tennessee is coming in around 14 to 17. Jack, where do you think Tennessee kind of fits into next year's playoff championship chase? Do you think Tennessee – behind Nico can get into the 12-team field? Do you think they could maybe host a game? Do you think they have a chance to do what Michigan did? Yeah, yeah, I, uh, they certainly have a chance, right? And I think they have a definitely a chance to make the college football playoff. Uh, I don't think it's a good chance they win the national championship sure, next year. Sure, sure. But, yeah, I, I think they definitely have a chance to get into the 12-team playoff. I mean, what Nico showed against Iowa, he looks like the real deal. And if they have the real deal at quarterback, you can compete with anyone in the expanded field. 
why not, right? I just think Tennessee's going to have to learn how to play good defense on the road. They're going to have to learn how to overcome adversity. The problems that have continuously occurred to them on the road are going to have to be fixed if they want to reach that level. So maybe that happens next year. Hey, Jack. Thank you. Um, I know it's it's early down there, and I know you worked hard last night, but uh, it was just good getting a chance to hear from somebody who was at the big game. Um, so appreciate you making some time for us. Uh, I want you to have safe travel, travels back home too um, because we got work to do here, obviously. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, just uh, let people know where they, you can be followed too on, on, on your social as well. Yeah, so you can follow me at Jack Foster Media on all socials. You can follow Always College Football at Always CFB on both X and Instagram. And as I mentioned, the ESPN College Football YouTube page is where you find all our video shows. Um, and there's one as early as this morning. And then, as Bob mentioned earlier, I'm working for Rocky Top Insider still, uh, covering Tennessee. Baseball season's almost here. Basketball season's in full swing. So at Rocky Top Insider on all socials as well where you can find all that. Safe travels, Jack. Again, sorry Bob woke you up and made you come on here so I could ask you questions about the fans and he could ask you questions about Benny the dog. But safe travels back to Tennessee. Hope to talk to you again as we get uh, a little bit further closer to baseball season. Hey, appreciate it, John. Nice being on. Thank you, man. Thanks. Benny the dog. Ben or Benny? Ben. Ben. Just Ben? Just Ben. Ben. Who yeah. the hell could name a dog Ben? Well, you know he's called Benny around the house for well, sure. Is he Benny in the house? He should be Benny out in the streets, too. Which, <laughs> you know, I, I tread lightly because I have a dog named Frank, but yeah. I call him Frankie. I call him Frankie. Well, I, well sometimes. Or Franklin. <laughs> and he's got a he's got a little brother, I too. I feel like ben every does. dog has, like, four names, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess. He's got guess. the primary name, and then you've got the I'm, little pet name. I'm trying to think if I went on TV nickname. and I brought Frank with me, would I introduce him as Frank or Franklin or... Usually I'll use his proper name, which is Franklin Delano Reed, you know, FDR. That's what I go with there, but I, I don't know how I would do it. Because um, lately I've been telling everybody he's named after Dane DeVito and Always Sunny. That's what I tell people. It's just okay. a complete lie. But I'm like, yeah, he's named after Dane DeVito, Frank, but uh, I don't know. Ben's got a little brother, too. They're already oh, starting. Uh, yeah, yeah, because oh, Ben's oh, getting kind of old, so the, oh. the, the traditional live on. Oh. Um, Maybe you just start bringing Frank onto the air with us. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Not gonna do that because all you would do is walk around sniffing this grass and and think that this car- green carpet is grass and who knows what you're doing here. But I'm glad to know that the Herb Street dog legacy is going to live on. Uh, can we get him on game day next year or was he already on game day this year? Do they let him oh, come that's do a picks? Good question. Does uh, he have a Does he have a gimmick? Does he have a shtick? He'll what probably he- have a damn segment next year at this rate. Yeah, he uh, he doesn't do picks yet. Yeah, uh, Kirk Kirk's training the little brother to be able to do that in terms yeah. of. What we learned today versus our favorite thing today. I learned about this damn dog, Ben Herbstreet, and I wish I didn't. Is this is this Kirk's just way of trying to seem likable? Because for it a might while, because for a while the pendulum had kind of swung back, and people didn't really like Herbstreet for a while. I know Florida State fans still don't like Herbstreet, but do they like him now that he has a dog? <laughs> I I don't know. It can't hurt, you know. Everybody loves dogs, right? I mean, that's the whole thing. That is true. Everyone does love dogs. Hey, what I learned was about the not to overthink the heart emoji, the color of it. There you go. Right. That's sometimes a, if a basketball player just tweets out a blue emoji, it's because he wears blue. Yeah, that's good. And then I also learned that Sam Sam's got some Doobie Brothers. Yeah, I, I think too. I learned that I might be kind of an old head. Yeah, well. <laughs> I prefer Boomer. You're a Boomer. You're a Boomer at heart. Well, 
Show two is in the books. Hopefully, it is not still raining. Hopefully. Although, I feel like we powered through it. Good second episode. We'll do it again tomorrow. Stay locked in on Fan Run Radio. The G.I. Jake Show coming up next. Jake Miller, Brett, Marcus. They're up next.